waiting for this my whole life. I'm gonna be a podcaster. What? You don't think I can podcast? You are not even in the same podcast as me. I'm gonna podcast circles around you this year. Listeners, welcome back to Last Film Standing, episode number 122, the Conversational Movie Review Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Jones, and joining me as always, revisiting his roots at his old alma mater, and he's just a man that he shouldn't deny that he is really well-suited for this, the man known only as Z, and we are coming to you recorded live from Brooklyn, New York. What's On today's up? show, we will be talking about recent releases, Monsters University, and World War co-host. And so, listeners, without further ado, let's go to the movies. Welcome to the scare floor. How do I become a scare? I'm officially a college student. Mike Wazowski. James B. Sullivan. Like Bill Sullivan? He's my dad. I expect big things from you. So, first up, we have Disney and Pixar's Monsters University, prequel to Monsters, Inc. Pulled in 82-plus million, which is, uh, I guess... I think it's a pretty respectable take. I mean, this is not... Yeah, uh, it, it's not like the 100-plus million that some of the movies pull in, uh, but I think it's actually still pretty solid. Yeah. And the movie, for those of you who are unaware of Monsters, Inc., Monsters University, is a look at the relationship between Mike and Sully during their days at Monsters University when they weren't necessarily the best of friends. It is directed by Dan Scanlon, who's responsible for Cars, uh, as well as a few shorts, but Cars being the one feature he's done. Stars Billy Crystal, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, and Helen Mirren, and then was also written by Dan Scanlon, who also wrote Cars. Uh, Daniel Gerson, who... Also shares a writing credit on Cars, and then Robert L. Baird, who wrote Monsters, Inc. All of them have various uh, shorts that you see in front of Pixar movies, but this is kind of their first feature collaboration. So, Monsters University, Disney and Pixar, post-Brave, post-Cars 2, with whatever the name of that plane movie is that I can't... Planes. Is it just called Planes? Yes. Okay. Kind of like cars. Yes, but it's, it's actually planes. called planes, but it's yeah. not called cars, colon, planes. No, okay. it's planes. It's just planes. Okay. So, Monsters University, the prequel to Monsters, Inc. Is this, is this a... I don't want to be as vague as say, is this a good movie? <laughs> but let me say, is this a movie that falls in line with Pixar's quality or sort of where I'm leaning towards? Is this another movie or that's... Where you are leaning towards, so you're giving us your opinion right away? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> or is this another... Is this a movie uh, from you know, the Disney-Pixar team, another one that's kind of not quite up to their uh, you know, record-breaking streak of six, seven great movies in a row, and this one's just good? Well, um, I guess we'll have to disagree on this one, um, since you're kind of tipped your hat already. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I really enjoyed this film. Actually, um, I like the chances that they're taking with it. Um, I feel this 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 feels almost kind of like that standard Pixar thing. Um, 
this is clearly like uh, so. So basically, the story of this is um, we're going back in time, you know, to kind of see how um, um, Sully and um, what's what's the other character's name? Uh, Mike Wazowski. How Sully and Mike met, and you know, sort of during their college days, and uh, it kind of jumps back. We see. Um, you know, Mike uh, Wazowski as a kid and he kind of like the moment that he sort of realized he wanted to be a scarer. Everybody looks at him and everybody's kind of laughing at the fact that he wants to do this because, you know, he's just not scary. And uh, so um, then we jump back, uh, you know, kind of forwards in time into their college. Uh, you know, he's arriving in college, you know, doing all this thing. And so he is the guy who's... Um, you know he's very determined he has his goal he knows what he wants and he never wanted anything else in his life and just you know he's one of those guys and he's studying hard and he's doing everything right and then there's this guy sully who comes in his father was like this great scarer and so he's kind of a superstar he's got his big growl and he's like you kind of phoning everything else in because you know he's great and so um so he doesn't really have to work he's partying he's having a good time and uh and so as this is happening you know they're kind of starting to clash to, uh, against each other you know there are different views and all of that and i really liked that whole aspect of it um it really takes different characters and kind of like places them out there and it's you know people you know in in college you know there are some people who to whom certain things come easy and whether or not they're gonna work hard at it you know um and um others you know that have to work hard that's their only way of getting ahead um and so we we watched this and and what i really uh, appreciated about this film is that in a way it's a story of an underdog it kind of becomes that um throughout this whole thing where they're forced to kind of um unite their forces in order to get back into the program and all this stuff and um and so so they're the underdogs and it's kind of the story of the underdog beating the odds and then failing to achieve what they wanted to achieve and that that was what's really kind of um uh, uh, interesting to me um the film may not be uh, pixar's strongest kind of throughout uh the story and while it has some funny moments and all of that um, and while I enjoy really the relationships, it's not throughout the film. It's not always the strongest writing. But um, what really kind of to me offsets it is this story that um, and, and kind of this message that no matter how hard you try, you might just, you know, mess up. You might do the wrong thing at the wrong time or just not, you know, have a certain thing f in you you know um and so sometimes you have to kind of find your way to get to where you want maybe a diff an alternate route you know kind of thing and and that was what really kind of was interesting to me um that they're you know that they weren't afraid as as a studio to actually send a message that might be not as 
sweet. You know, in the end, it's still happy because, you know, through other means and hard work, they actually achieve what they wanted. But it does kind of show you that, you know, it, life doesn't always go exactly the way you want it or the way you planned it. And, you know, the underdog doesn't always win. Um, sometimes you, you kind of lose and then you have to pick yourself up again and keep going and keep pushing. So um, that's kind of what I've really enjoyed about it. Um, otherwise, you know, there was uh, some interesting aspects, uh, uh, technical aspects of it that I read uh, about how they worked on lighting on this. Um, up to this point, apparently, like the animators had to really animate every single scene and they had to figure out how the light is going to fall, how all this stuff. And now they're, what they're working is they, they basically worked on this engine that um, creates that. So the animators cre uh, animate the scene, you know, not, without any of the lighting. And then the lighting is thrown in and this like... Um, this basically engine kind of like works out how it's gonna uh, bounce off of things, how it's gonna light, uh, where it's gonna like go through, and yeah, like all these little details, and that's really cool. And um, you know, the film does look really well, uh, like look really good, uh, kind of in line with uh, Pixar's previous, I think, uh, works. Um, yeah. So, yes, do you uh, do you watch this on three D or just the regular? Uh, I watched the regular. I didn't yeah. watch the 3D. No. Yeah, there's been like a lot of articles being like 3D is basically tanking. I didn't even realize uh, our next film was in 3D until I read about it later. I yeah, like, I, I mean, I think yeah. they're pushing 3D onto a lot of things that just don't need it. Um, yeah. I think there are certain... Uh, it, it, 3D should be used sparingly just the same way that um, other things in medium are used like black and white yeah. or you know whatever else it is I think it should be uh, at an, an addition to certain maybe films uh, you know films like um, there, there was a lot of talk about Top Gun Top Gun um, you know was post converted but I think that's probably an example of a good of a movie that would have benefited from 3D originally because of all the sort of like uh, plane fl uh, flying scenes and stuff like that where like you can really get into it in a 3D uh, environment if it's done well. But I, I think people also just are sick of wearing those stupid glasses. There, there's got to be a better way of doing it because those glasses just don't cut it. Uh, oftentimes, you know, you, you get blurring, uh, it, it, the picture is darker you you turn just a little bit and all of a sudden everything goes like you know out of whack and it's just it's really it can be disorienting uncomfortable and all of those things so i think that's part of why 3d is not doing as well as it could be yeah i think tron legacy is still the best uh movie that i've seen in 3d like avatar was kind Did of an you, anomaly but yeah avatar though just, but yeah. that was like really made for 3d yeah. i mean they yeah. really did such a hard such hard work i think um to be honest prometheus looked really good in 3d um because it didn't overuse the medium it just kind of added a little bit however i find um one of my issues with 3d is that when you have wide shots everything starts looking much smaller it looks yeah. like miniatures versus uh regular um did you watch uh, man of steel in 3d 
Uh, I did. I actually wasn't intending to. I thought that um, IMAX was just IMAX, but it was yeah, IMAX 3D. Yeah, but it was IMAX 3D. And it didn't really occur to me that I was watching it. Um, which yeah, I you kind of got used to yeah. it pretty quickly. They they also didn't overdo the whole 3D yeah. thing. So. Um, but yeah, with but yeah. Monsters University... Back to Monsters University. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just thought it was okay. Um, I, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything that you said, uh, story-wise. You know, I thought that the um, ending definitely was very interesting. It wasn't something that I was expecting. Um, and it was an interesting approach to it for a uh, quote-unquote kids movie to kind of, as you said, kind of impart that lesson that you can have this plan and you can work really hard and something can still sort of derail you, but it's not a permanent derailing. It's just you figuring out how to find another way towards what you're trying to get at. Um, which, you know, doesn't really come up in kids' movies, if at all, ever. It's just everything works out perfectly in good wins, bad wins, and sun sets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, the ride of this movie, the kind of beginning to end, um, there are a couple of moments that I liked um, with some of the periphery characters, but I kind of felt like they could have done a lot more with spoofing um, the the college version of monsters because you sort of almost forget um that, that, you're that watching, this, yeah, yeah that you're watching like a world that is not human and so you just sort of like there were you know almost i would say that shrek accomplished really really well in the first one and sort of in the second one where they really had these visual gags that weren't even acknowledged by the characters but it was just like these little moments that you're like oh that reminds me of our world kind of thing or these little things that um pixar i think i mean they do t well I'm trying to think of how often they do human stuff versus anthropomorphic stuff, which I guess it's sort of a, a, a fair balance. But yeah, um, it just would have been nice to have seen a little bit more of that because you're in this college atmosphere, but it just kind of felt almost matter-of-fact at times. Um, I really, really enjoyed, uh, what was her name, the, uh, the Dean's character, just the way she oh, was drawn yeah, and like her whole personality yeah. and everything. Um, yeah, I, I like that whole spin. It, it almost reminded me a little bit of... Um, of Harry Potter and Snipe or yeah. Snape, yeah, uh, how he was kind of, you almost every movie expected him to be the bad guy and then he turns out not. Yeah. And um, I think she was kind of set up in a similar way where like you just expect her to just be evil for some yeah. unknown reason. <laughs> but then, you know, it's, it's all in the dragon so, wings. That's yeah. why. Um, just, yeah, the she sound. Was scary, you know, she was the, the sound uh, that she makes when she walks, just all that was really cool. <laughs> Um, and I thought that they actually it's definitely not something you want to wake up to. <laughs> I don't care if you're a kid or a grown up. <laughs> um, I, one of the things I thought was really, really great in this movie was how they sort of expanded on um, the mythology of sort of their world and the human world a little bit and kind of what powers the doors. There's actually a really kind of cool scene that, you know, uh, that same Dean is surprised as possible. And I was like, oh, that is kind of actually a really nice touch. Um, about uh, the differences between uh, kids' fears and adult fears. I thought was really well handled. Yeah. Uh, um, but overall, I kind of thought this movie was just like... I also like... Uh, uh, yeah, just to yeah. sort of interject, what I also liked is setting up some of the characters from Monsters, Inc. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, there's a few characters that are really kind of like featured also in part in this movie and you can kind of see that growth yeah and that was really nice i <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the fact that they didn't just kind of like let that go that they kind of set up the backstories and yeah. all of that uh that kid um 
forgot what the character's name, the, the character with a lot of eyes and his the mom. The squishy really or cool. something, yeah. whatever. Um, and, you know, I kind of wish that they would have had a little bit more, uh, I guess oh, I guess it's weird actually, to say. Actually, it is squishy. It is squishy. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it's weird to say, like, I wish they were funnier. Uh, but I kind of like just that whole group. I just wanted more from them. And yeah, it was they very didn't surface, quite yeah. have, yeah, they didn't quite have the strength. I, I feel like maybe there was some attention to that but i i felt like it would have been so much stronger um they didn't set them up like clearly enough as like these are his abilities and these yeah. are his abilities yeah. if they had done that i feel like that would have been like such a great thing for them to kind of come together as a team yeah and then really kind of play to their to each of their strengths yeah um the one thing that i thought was kind of definitely interesting to note for our uh, our listeners that have kids um one of the things that i'm always cognizant about when i do go watch a kid's movie uh, i try to go watch movies early in the morning um because sometimes well, it used to be that you could go watch a movie at midnight and kids wouldn't be there but with us being in new york i feel like that happens more often than it should um and i saw <laughs> definitely it's always like the like all adults who are like all right are we good are we good and there, there was, was like actually one, yeah. in superman there was like somebody with a kid yeah there and i was just like really like i could hear him like a few times throughout the movie i'm like okay yeah it's superman but this is supposed to be a bit of a darker movie and it's a big movie theater wait till it comes out and dvd the kid doesn't care well the thing too is most of those and this is a a psa we it's been probably about 50 or 60 episodes since we've done one of these but you know i feel like if you have kids and you are going to kind of bring them to a theater just sit at the end and just kind of you know Instead of being in the middle and then trying to do this whole, like, well, I didn't know how to ignore my kids, you know, forget the rest of you who don't know how to ignore yeah, my exactly. kids yet. Um, but, you I, know. I, I've, I actually have to say that during this film, um, it was actually a pretty good experience. There were some kids, um, a, you know, a fair amount of kids, because it was still a Monday when I went to see it, um, Monday morning. But there was a fair amount of kids in there and for, you know, some unknown crazy reason they were all pretty well behaved there yeah, was no see, like was no gonna, one screaming yeah. no one like making a fuss they did like do like little funny things during previews because there was a preview for despicable me and when that yeah. uh, one character you does know is, like thing. does the yeah. fire thing like all the kids were basically like, yeah i was gonna ask you about the kids thing because one of the things that i found um with animated movies is that if the kids are restless it's like you know i would say you know it's it's slanted parts but one part you know just the kids not used to uh sitting yeah, down yeah. and watching a movie period or that they just get hasn't, bored basically yeah. and that's the second thing that they're bored and i kind of felt like at least in my theater a lot of the kids just weren't engaged with it and i remember thinking to myself i was like yeah there are parts of this movie that just aren't how full was it though it, it was it was a smaller theater, but it was surprisingly sold out because I got there a little bit okay. late. Yeah, I think that's this is a, like a Saturday afternoon. I think that's a huge uh, difference maker because if they if kids have other kids right next to them, I, I feel like they're probably much more likely to get distracted. This one was like mostly empty. Yeah, I would say there were probably about like ten couples uh, or like ten people with their kids, like yeah. one or two kids uh, there. Um, and they were, you know, fairly kind of strewn throughout the whole theater. They were not like sitting next to each other. So I think that 
helps the kids when there's not a lot of other kids around them like yeah. maybe like because one kid gets restless it distracts basically everybody else around and then it's those yeah. kids get restless um in this case you know you have like you know two kids here two kids over there two kids back there and they just kind of you know start watching the movie and they get engaged and they stick with it so i think i think yeah. that's a big difference yeah um but yeah so i Overall, and this is kind of, um, I know Z and I disagreed on, um, with Brave, and I feel like in general that, and this is what I'm hoping, this is, this is the, uh, the Uwe Boll, uh, theory that didn't pan out, where, you know, he, um, Uwe Boll, for those of you who don't know, is just a terrible video game adaptation yeah, I think director. Yeah, mentioned him yeah um podcast or two ago <laughs> and someone someone proposed a theory which i was like if this is true this is like the greatest like kaiser sose moment in filmmaking but they they proposed this idea that because basically I don't, I don't completely understand how the finances work in hollywood but i think there's some sort of insurance thing that financiers can do where if a movie doesn't make its money back there's a weird formula that you actually can take home more pay than you would have had the movie had been successful. That sounds like the producers. Yeah. The uh, springtime <laughs> uh, for Hitler. Yeah. Um, and basically what happened was this this person proposed this theory that Uwe Boll gambled that he would make about seven to ten terrible movies knowing that it would destroy his name, that it would basically, like, no one would want him to do anything because he was trying to save up for a movie that was going to be very, very risky, but very expensive and could potentially, like, with that one movie, redeem his entire, like, career and existence, basically. And so they were like, oh, he's been talking to this person, he's been so meeting with this happened? person. He just, he kind of disappeared. Like, they basically, they just stopped giving him money, and then he offered to fight people if they wanted to, if they really hated him that much. Um, but he that this theory never came to fruition. What I'm starting to notice is that with Brave and with this movie... And with some of Pixar's latter movies, is their A team is not really working on their last three or four movies, which is then making me wonder because there's been a, like tiny rumors that whenever someone asks a Pixar person, oh, you know, you guys are doing these really great movies for kids, so you have mean you ever since up? No one has done. Yeah. Like, there hasn't been, like, if you go back and look at, like, early filmography, it's kind of the same, like, dozen or so characters that are, like, involved with the writing and, like, that kind of thing. Well, they have, I mean, I I, I look, I watched some stuff about their, uh, their whole, like, campus and the process and yeah. the work. And they're basically, like, a company. They're not, like, a lot of other yeah. productions where, like... You hire people for the production, and then basically those people are then then done after that. This way, like, you know, they keep people on. And I don't know. I would just think that people switch up as time goes. Yeah, and so the theory was that there, a couple of them have been asked two or three times, you know, you guys make really great movies for kids. Have you ever thought about doing, like, an adult like, more grown-up PG-13 or even R-rated movie in your animated style? And they never say yes, and they never say no. They're really dodgy about the question. And so one of the last articles I read about that was just like, they might be gearing up to attempt to do something like that, but right now they're trying to insulate themselves with a Cars 2 and like these movies that are familiar, they're sequels, they'll do well in case that movie tanks. And I know they are doing... Um, 
there's like a Marvel one-off movie, like animated thing that they are adapting. Um, I forgot what the name of it is, but I think that comes out either next year or the year after. And that could be kind of part of it. And then I'm curious to know if they have anything else in the pipeline that hasn't been um, announced yet. But, you know, in my opinion, the, their last few movies just haven't been up to that same standard. And I'm wondering if... Um, Justice League by Pixar. There you go. And I'm wondering if that's what's happening. Sort of like the, uh, you know, for, for, for those of you who are video game fans, to reference another thing, analogy uh, here. So there's a developer called Naughty Dog. And they developed Uncharted. And The Last of Us is their new IP. And basically, there's a, there's there are two teams that work there. So there's one that was working on Uncharted Three, and the other team was concurrently working on The Last of Us, which just came out. Both uh, got very very high to near perfect reviews across all outlets. And I'm just curious if this is the B team or just the second team that's been working on these last few movies, and the A team is working on something that hasn't been announced. Because I hope that that's the case. Even though I don't know. I mean, I I think it's 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 hard. It's damn near imper. Im- possible to just churn out movie after movie after movie like at that high level i i still think that their films are at a really high level they might not always be you know at the level of up but they're really high there up there still i i mean i enjoyed brave i i you know as we said like it's not quite up but it's still really pretty far up there yeah um, and so that's, that's my theory, but, uh, but overall, um, I think I also gave Brave kind of the same rating. Uh, I give, I give this sort of a three and a half out of five. Um, and really it's because I feel like, again, with these last few movies that they haven't really been, um, I would say adult friendly in the sense that you're getting sort of these two layers of narrative that are kind of on top of each other where there's kind of like the kids version which they find funny because there are visual gags and the way that characters are performing and all that kind of thing and then there's sort of the adult version of it it hasn't gotten to the point where as an adult you're just bored but it's kind of like as an adult it's like oh that's interesting yeah i'm sure like you know this is fine kind of thing but it's just i feel like this is they're reaching a point where i guess i guess the better analogy to say would be they're acting like everyone else yeah. Instead of acting like... Well, I mean, you know, I think everyone else has raised their game, though. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. So yeah. so it's not like Pixar is so domin- is not as dominant. It's just that, you know, everyone else is doing really well. I mean, to be honest, I um, Despicable Me is, 2 is coming out soon. Um, and so I watched uh, Despicable Me because I had never seen it. And that's... a quite a good movie you know it's really good and it's funny and it has some great moments so you know i think that's the case you know everybody is doing really well and you know between the two of us one of our favorites is uh how to train your dragon and you know that's also a yeah. dream works so i think i think pixar kind of forced everybody to raise their game and when they did um you know we see now we're kind of got them you know pixar still turns out they make great money and they make really great films but everyone else is kind of caught up more or less do you remember who won um the animated best picture last year just as far as do you remember Mm -hmm. if it was a pixar movie or not because i remember i don't i doubt it because it was only um there might not even been a pixar movie last year but cars too cars too um I I can't think of yeah. it right now, but I I remember 
Because I remember we wanted Paranorman to win, but then obviously yes, didn't. Yes, but then I just yes. don't we were kind actually, of upset, yeah. both of us, that Paranorman wasn't even in, in yeah. the running, actually. wasn't yeah. even nominated. Yeah, they, I don't think they considered it because it was stop motion. Boo. Um, yeah. That was, that was hands down the best animated film. Or yeah. stop motion film, I guess. I mean, because uh, the reason I bring that up is I remember it's like, another, again, like just another article that I came across where they were just like, uh, they were like, this may be the first year that finally um, Pixar doesn't just, because they entered, automatically win the best picture thing. Um, but I don't really know what else is, is out there. And the one movie that I would have said uh, should have just taken it regardless of what Pixar released that year would have been Paranorman. So. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I'd have to say um, I don't find three and a half uh, that you gave it pretty bad. Actually, I'm kind of there. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe inching a little bit more, uh, kind of towards four, just because of the message of the film. Um, I, I was entertained though throughout the film, uh, more or less. I, I feel like definitely not their strongest effort. They could do much better than this. Um, as far as developing some of the characters and uh, stuff like that. But I think overall, it's a nice flow to the movie. Uh, it's interesting, it keeps you engaged. And um, as I said, they're once again pushing the envelope a little bit with the story. So um, I would say maybe closer to four stars, um, 375. <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm a little reticent to give it fully four stars because I, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm four stars and five stars are really kind of reserved for films that really kind of blow me away. Yeah, you know, like Finding Nemo and Up and stuff like that is stuff that to me deserves four or five stars. Yeah. <laughs> oh. you know aircraft touchdown. Yeah. Are these the roots? What is it? Statue of Liberty or Snowman? <laughs> Declared martial law. Daddy, what's martial law? That is in the second place uh, this week with sixty-six million dollars, uh, and it's a—it's uh, basically a story about a United Nations employee, Gary Lane, who traverses the world in a race against time to stop the zombie pandemic that is toppling armies and governments and threatening to destroy the humanity itself. itself. Directed by Mark Foster. Quant who is responsible for Quantum of Solace, Finding Neverland, Stranger Than Fiction, and Monsters Ball. Monsters Ball is such an odd kind of. I like film I like his here. filmography because it's like Quantum it's of Solace. It's so like crazy, mm. right? Finding Neverland. Oh, that was good. And Stranger yeah. Than Fiction. Mm. Monsters Ball. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed Stranger Than Fiction. Actually, <laughs> I thought the concept of Stranger Than Fiction yeah, was, was like really cool. I mean, that's kind yeah. of the same concept of. Um, uh, finding Ruby or uh, yeah, Ruby Sparks. Ruby Sparks. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm finding. Ruby, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's starring Brad Pitt, uh, Mirel Enos, um, uh, Daniela Carsatz, and James Badge Dale. And it's written by Michael uh, Matthew Michael 
Carnahan, uh, who is responsible for State of Play, The Kingdom, and Lions for Lambs. Uh, also, Drew Goddard, who is responsible for The Cabin in the Woods, Cloverfield, and Damon Lindenloft, who is responsible for Prometheus, Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, and Cowboys and Aliens. Uh, the screen story is by Matthew uh, Michael Carnahan, who uh, is responsible for the aforementioned, and J. Michael Straczynski, uh, uh, who is responsible for Thor and Changeling. Um, it's also based, yeah, uh, loosely by, from what I hear, based I on Max uh, Brooks. I think yeah, his name is. Yeah, Max Brooks, who is actually um, um, Mel Brooks' son, by the way. Nice. Um, on his book, World War Z. Um, I actually listened to an interview with him on a podcast that I listened to that is called Star Talk with... Um, and I'm totally blanking right now. <laughs> um, Star Talk with the greatest person I've ever listened to <laughs> ever. Uh, no, no, it's, hmm. it's the... Um, he it's the is, guy from that thing. Uh, all right, all right. Give me a second here. <laughs> um, stalling, and I am still stalling. I am still stalling. My brain has completely there was shut a, off. Uh, so, um, I think either a podcast or a Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, who is an <laughs> uh, astrophysicist uh, at, the, um, at the Museum of Natural History here in New York. Um, <laughs> he is... He's, an awesome person um but yeah definitely he did uh, if you if you get a chance check out his podcast uh star talk and there's an interview with uh mel brooks uh, i think there's a, like a two-part uh episode um anyway world war z uh from what i hear it's uh, only loosely based on the book right uh yeah. now i didn't read the book i don't Likewise. know if you have you yeah. haven't either so um it, it it kind of, I guess, features some of the like scene, some of the more kind of general ideas and themes and stuff like that, um, and even um, brings in some lines from the book. But overall, it's apparently, uh, from what I hear, kind of hard to film. It would have been hard to film in that way, so they just kind of decided to add this kind of through character uh, who guides uh, the storyline. Um, anyways. Um, so World War Z is something, you know, like I, I personally am kind of getting a little tired of the zombie movies. Uh, I never really was a huge fan. Um, I, I appreciate the original sort of George Romero uh, films like uh, Night of the Living Dead or, uh, yeah, um, basically where, where the zombies are kind of an allegory for um our society yeah, and kind of all of that all consumerism that. it happens in at the mall and like all this stuff it's really interesting but then it kind of like now it's it, zombies have like taken on such a life of itself and you even have freaking you know tween love stories uh like warm bodies uh with zombies and so does this film kind of uh, succeeds in, in bringing kind of a new light to this? Uh, does it kind of give it a whole new aspect to this uh, story? Do you, did you think that? Or is it just kind of more of the same, like, let's watch some zombies? And, you know, or did you feel like this kind of adds a new level to it? Uh, so with this movie, um, I can tell you from the start, 
that I'm probably going to give this movie a controversial rating. <laughs> a controversial rating, controversial which doesn't tell rating. us if it's controversially high or controversially low, but that's okay. Yeah, um, um, yeah I actually spoke with a... Uh, um, which we'll we'll get into spoiler territory in the uh, the after dark episode. Um, but I spoke with the um, yeah. Um, anyway, basically with this movie, uh, I spoke with a friend of mine from Atlanta who talked a little bit about the book um, and what he thought was different in it and kind of the difficulties and some of the things that he was just like, you know, like cause I, I basically told him, I don't think they should make a sequel of this. I kind of like it the way it is. And he was saying, well, if they do, they should make it a miniseries. And he kind of briefly explained how the book um, keeps going. There's actually the movie ends sort of prematurely to the book and that the book does deal a great deal with the aftermath of now we live in a world where people are having to sort of fight these things with sort of like the uh, some of the key plot points from the movie. Um, et cetera, et cetera. I actually, I, I can't tell if this is, if this is one of those experiences where there was so much leading up to this movie that was negative that all I was hoping was that it was good. Um, but I feel like in the way that yeah, because all the all the issues that they had during yeah. the production and rewrites and all that stuff that we and I can tell of. you now, I knew I, I knew before I uh, researched it to find out what it was the exact moment that they chose to like rewrite in the script um, and kind of like fix and then move on kind of thing. Because I was just like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. And then it was kind of like I just imagined there's probably endless discussions. You mean of you recognized gone. it, yeah. or you because the movie is so like. It, it almost cuts to black when that moment happens and you could go infinitely anywhere. Like it was kind of one of those things where there wasn't a complete logical thing of where they would go. It was just, there is a number of possibilities of where that movie could have gone from that point forward. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah whatever we'll was there beforehand. We'll just, get yeah. into that a little bit in, in the after dark. Yeah. Um, so anyway, basically I, I, I actually really, really after dark, after dark, uh, I really, really did enjoy this movie. Um, I thought that the pacing in it was sort of like relentless, and I kept thinking to myself, like I was like, "Oh, this is gonna fall apart at some point." And I was just like, "No, like it's we're only in this scene for as long as we need to. We're only in this part of the world for as long as we need to," um, which I thought was just really, really well handled. I really enjoyed the tone of it. You know, unlike I Am Legend or the movie that Z uh, referenced before, Warm Bodies, or even The Walking Dead, it had sort of a this tone to it that was just like, "Yeah, this is just." this is what's happening in the world, deal with it kind of thing. And there was just a very matter of fact, like there aren't, um, almost to my surprise, and I remember waiting for the end credits and being like, I thought this was rated R. And I was like, no, it's PG-13. Yeah, then maybe that makes sense now. But I was just like, there aren't the It's over- a bit rough for the PG-13, I'd yeah. have to say, as far as like, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't have anything ultimately graphic, but like scare-wise, like yeah. tension-wise, I think. Like, I would say, for those of you who haven't seen The Walking Dead, uh, The Walking Dead is infinitely more graphic than this movie, which that's what yeah. I was super surprised about. But I feel like, tension-wise, this is just on the same level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, and these just, monsters are just kind of really scary. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> the thing that's, that's interesting, um, I read this one article that I was talking about, um, you know, World War Z kind of uh, puts in its, you know, its entry into the overarching um, zombie mythos of, you know, are what's better, fast zombies or slow zombies, and this movie actually tackles both different types and explains why that is kind of thing, which I thought was really interesting too. It does? 
Yeah, because, you know, from the previews, there is all that fast kind of nature to it. Um, and then there's a slow part in the third act that they kind of explain why they're like that until basically there's like stimulus kind of thing, which I thought was oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and I just really, you know, again, like I think Brad Pitt, you know, just uh, played it in a very kind of, it's like, it's like not action hero way, not taken way where it's like, yeah, I'm that good. It was just like, a, he's, he's, he's basically playing like a UN um, journalist yeah, yeah, who would go into, you know, they basically gave the little explanation that he explores war crimes and all this stuff. So he's just used to being in areas where he could kind of die at any moment. And I thought he played that really, really well, where it's just kind of like, he's trying to figure out this mystery. There are things that are sort of scary about it, but he's just trying to get to the end of the bottom of what's happening. Um, I thought the investigation throughout the movie was really, really well handled. Uh, and even the, one of the things that Z and I, um, have sort of complained about in a lot of movies that have sort of these breadcrumb type of uh, plot lines is how by the end of the movie, they really hit you over the head with how they figured everything out. Um, and even when I was typing up the notes, uh, something that I didn't occur to me while I was watching the movie and even post credits kind of clicked into place of why there was a certain character that um, was sort of unaffected by things. And I just liked how you see Brad Pitt's character kind of going back and putting together the pieces, but they aren't so heavy-handed like you can still watch kind of that montage of as things are going on and miss exactly the connection his character is making but just know that it's culminating in sort of what yeah there was there was uh i I think that was also handled very well um there there was kind of a moment as i was watching a movie where i saw one of those moments happen the first one is is not as noticeable as the second one. So, like, the first one happens, and you're kind of like, wait, what's going on there? And then the second one happens, and you're kind of like, it hits you a little bit more. Like, I think they also show it a little bit more detailed, where you're kind of like, okay. And then, you know, like, he eventually puts it together, and it's like, okay, that does make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause I, I was starting to like start, uh, try to put something together in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, after the first moment I was like, wait, is yeah. there something, you know? Yeah. And turned out to, you know, be what it was, which was kind of cool. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, so you, you feel like it does definitely kind of, uh, uh, if I understand you correctly, it does add to, to the whole zombie kind of it does it do you feel like it adds a little bit more of almost like legitimacy yeah i would say this is like almost the, the uh yeah i would say that this is sort of the um you know because we can't go one episode without referencing it but i feel like this is sort of the christopher nolan uh thought process to a zombie movie where all the zombie f- movies we've seen um, so far have picked a really sort of specific thing about them or have been very stylized or very um, our zombies do this or our zombies do that kind of thing. Whereas this movie literally was just kind of like, we are in a world where this is happening. Like this is actually happening. You wouldn't kind of be like the breakdown of society would happen in such a way that you wouldn't necessarily be able to deduce more than Brad Pitt's character deduces by like seeing and interacting with these things versus those movies where are very like, you know, this is happening and they're chasing after you and they bite you and you get torn apart and blah, 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 blah kind of stuff. Um, which I thought was just really, really, uh, great about this movie. Um, and I felt that having watched The Walking Dead, that this movie um, just captures a lot of what Walking Dead does over the course of three seasons, I think three seasons, yeah, three to four seasons of atmosphere 
extremely well in a compact kind of movie. Mm. Cool. So how did you rate it? Controversially. Uh, yeah, controversially, uh, especially because it's in a league of one movie that I called a masterpiece. Which is? Spring Breakers. Oh, okay. Uh, I actually gave this a five out of five. Wow. Um, when I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, I was just like, you know what? That's the first movie I've walked out of um, in a really long time and just thought like, I literally don't have a single complaint about that movie and I want to read it because it's so like intense that it's like, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And then it's like set up, execution, punchline, set up, execution, punchline. It has never felt like there was a lull in that movie. And I think that's a testament to them recognizing whatever was wrong with that original script and taking the time to do the reshoots and to rewrite it and to bring in extra writers and be like, all right, we're not going to release this until it's the way it's supposed to be. I I would also tend to, to feel that, um, I mean, I don't know. I'm just talking out there. Uh, I, w- I would feel that um, someone like Brad Pitt would have some influence on that. Yeah. And it might have even, you know, who knows? It might have even come from his side to say, you know, guys, what do you think about this? Yeah. Like, should we work maybe, you know, work the, some of these issues out, you know? Yeah. Because uh, I would think that someone like him who has probably, um, you know, a lot of cachet. And, and let's be honest, without him, this wouldn't be the film that it is. Yeah, very true. Not even close. So, um. So as for myself, I I have to say, you know, I'm kind of with you on this film. Uh, It really, like, I think um, Brad Pitt adds so much uh, weight to this film as far as, like, emotional and strength and and kind of, like, uh, lends it, um, how how does it say, Uh, I'm kind of missing the right word. I'm a little scattered today (laughs) but just uh kind of gives it uh you know legitimacy you know and um and i think overall it's really a strong strong film as you said the pacing is just unrelenting you just you know one thing after another there are very few moments where there's like some rest and even within those you know he's like taking a nap and having like these like nightmares that are haunting him now and um yeah, it's really cool. Um, it, it's done really well. Um, it moves uh, at a great pace, and it gives us a nice overview of, like, sort of, you know, uh, this fast-moving virus that just, like, really decimates us uh, as humans and how we're, like, you know, fighting this thing. And, um, yeah, so um, so I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know that I would go quite five stars, but this is an easy four star for me. Um, really strong four star, maybe even like four and a half. But um, if we're going whole numbers, I'm, <laughs> I'm giving it a, a strong four. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, very, very solid movie. Very strong. Um, you know, otherwise uh, not much to, no, not many complaints yeah, about it. It's very uh, a very solid movie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is rare in the in the summer. But uh, yeah, and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, World War Z, um, very strong. But just to kind of hit the point, 
uh, out of these two films that you saw this week, Brandon. Which one of those films is for you? The last film standing, 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 standing. Well, it's going to have to be uh, the movie we just talked about, World War Z. Uh, Hell yeah, it has Z in the title. I mean, come on, how could it not be great? (laughs) Uh, obviously, two fundamentally different demographics. If you have kids, uh, do not let them watch World War Z. Um, if you have, well, you know, unless they're cool kids, but, you know, that's up to you. If they can yeah. handle it. I mean, if they can handle the fright and stuff like yeah. that, it, that's what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, there's nothing too graphic, but uh, as we said, there's definitely a lot of tension in yeah. the film, and there's definitely some scares and stuff like it's that. It's almost the the implied terror would definitely imprint on a kid because there's like i said there's nothing that's like the walking dead or just gory that you see in all these other movies but there is a lot of there's stuff a certain that's level, yeah. level of realism that might be um um kind of scary um because a lot as we said a lot of films are, are more stylized so it's kind of makes you know i'm watching for a movie. clear like yeah. yeah you're watching a movie this one seems like this really could be happening yeah it really has that almost effect to it so um it but as i you know as we said it really depends on your child hopefully you know them and they know themselves and (laughs) and to know like whether they're like you know if they're like a fan of horror movies and zombie movies in general and they they you feel like they can handle that you know fine it's like father may we go see world war z yes son just finish up your two plus two and one plus one, and then we'll be on our way. Yeah. And right so, there. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, we'll have to then uh, then agree on that one. Um, uh, easy for me, too. While I enjoyed Maastricht University, maybe a little bit, you know, give it a little bit of a higher grade than you did, uh, World War Z is definitely the winner for me also this week. Very cool. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. Tell your friends they can find Last Film Standing on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, both of which allow you to subscribe, to rate, and to review us. And then once again, or actually you can just follow myself on Twitter at Lamar Diablo. It's L-A-M-A-R Diablo. You can follow Zed here at Last Z Standing. And of course, feel free to contact us the new old-fashioned way at feedback at Last Film Standing. Let us know what you thought about either of those movies. And uh, thanks for listening. Tell your friends.